Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today. I'm your host here, Eric Dykstra, and today we get to continue talking about joy. And I want to start off this episode by just asking you a simple question. And that question is this. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to look into the physical face of Jesus, the person? As I read scripture, I often found myself asking that question. And a lot of times in my own journey lately, I've been thinking a lot about the comfort and the peace and really the joy in Jesus's eyes as he would look at me and behold me. And I want you to just take a moment as we start this episode to quiet our heart and to just see Jesus looking at us and to see if you can perceive his face and his response towards you. So let's take a deep breath in together. And exhale. One more time, take a deep breath in and exhale. Quieting is something that we can do together to really calm our heart and to bring it into a, a, a peace and a state of rest that would allow our heart to be open and to receive Jesus. And we've been talking about joy in these first couple episodes as really one of the core foundations of what I felt the Lord was wanting me to share in my own journey. And I've shared in previous episodes this season about uh, growing up, uh, joy was just something that I always equated with just happiness and being happy about something. But really, we've been looking at joy as being this foundational piece and having relational connection with other people. And think of a person now in your life that uh, if you were around them, they just smiled with this big grin on their face and they were always happy to be with you. For me, one of those people in my life was my grandfather. And I can always remember going into their house as a child and just the smiles that would light up their face. And I can feel that in my body, even as I recall that moment right now of just connecting it internally to my body and just feeling that the words that come to mind and bubble up are warmth, security, safety. I felt seen. I felt known. And one simple exercise that you can do that we're going to find out as we dive deeper into joy is how important gratitude and appreciation are. And gratitude really being a sense of being grateful and appreciation is really being connected to that memory or what you are appreciating in your life. Because so much of my life was filled with just thinking about things and the information aspect of it. And what I've recently been learning about joy is being connected. And so when I go back into recalling memories that um, help me feel those words I shared, like safety and security, I often um, just take time to notice and be aware of how it feels in my body and on Thursday and into next week, I'm going to be sharing with you, and we're actually going to engage some simple exercises that I've learned that are going to help you in this state of appreciating things, of being grateful, connecting with it, and hopefully deepening an experience and an encounter with Jesus about what it is um, 
that he wants to share or speak into your heart. So I want to begin this episode by reading a scripture that's become very dear to my heart, and that is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul writes these words, and I love them, and I want you to just sit back, listen to it as I read it twice, and I want you to just notice the tone of voice, the warmth in my heart, the warmth in God's heart as I read this to you, as I believe this is how the Lord Jesus would speak it to us. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. And I want you to pause for a moment there and just think about being in the dark or maybe being in a place that brings up a level of fear or anxiety. And now the light shining and overcoming that darkness and driving back the darkness. This is a great image that we even talked a lot about last season of the comfort and the presence of Jesus is light. He says, I am the light of the world. And I want you to resonate with that in your heart right now that God has illuminated himself in revelation of who he is, his word, his thoughts, his desires, the destiny of your life the giftings, the passions that are deep within your heart. The light is exposing all the hindrances and leading you into a place of freedom to live in relational connection with him. And he says, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory. So God's light shining in your heart. And I want you to see if you can connect with how that feels internally within your heart, what it does in terms of your thinking, and even physically in your body of just sensing God's light, revealing God's glory and God's glory beginning to fill you. And just getting an image of the prophet Isaiah as he had that vision of when he encountered the Lord, it says that his, um, his robe, the, the, the tail of his robe, continued to fill the room in God's glory, continuing to fill you up more of his light, illuminating your mind, illuminating your heart and spirit, bringing those things to life. And it says he brings all these things into the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And I want you to just see in your heart or in your eye, in your mind's eye, perceiving Jesus Christ and the look that would be on his face as you draw close to him. Lord, would you show them an image that is in your heart, the lens that you see them through, that is full of your love and grace. I pray that you would fill them up today and help them to see the beauty of your face. I'm just gonna give you a moment to sit and to soak in that presence and just be aware of what comes to mind and what comes into your heart and physically how you feel in the presence of Jesus. Take that in.
notice what else you begin to see him doing. If you're able to perceive his face or get a sense of the non-verbals, he, sometimes he doesn't even have to say a word. The twinkle in his eye. The grin in his mouth. The invitation that you see in his eyes of mercy and compassion drawing you in, allowing you to feel safe and secure. Maybe a hand gesture of you wanting you to come closer and him drawing you into his arms or just sitting near him as you have his full undivided attention and he begins to ask you, tell me what's in your heart. Tell me what's on your mind. And I would just give you a moment to do that. To let Jesus speak into your heart and just simply say to him, it doesn't have to be complex or profound, but Lord, would you just speak into my heart and let me know your thoughts towards me. And I pray that this would just come to mind and that this would flow. But sometimes the Lord doesn't even have to say anything. It's just by being in his presence that can be so comforting that you can feel his peace, much like an infant child being in the presence of their mother or their father, feeling safe and secure. Lord, would you help whoever may be listening or watching to feel the sense of joy that you have in your heart towards them. And I just want to make some declarations as you just continue to open your heart. And as we engage this week, just feel like the Lord's leading me. I wrote down some scriptures that have to do with joy, and I'm going to list them in the descriptions below. But I want to read a few of these and just declare them over you. And I want you to feel the joy of the Lord and hear his heart and his voice in these. Number 6, 24 through 26, says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. I want you to hear that again, hearing it from the Lord's heart saying, I bless you. I keep you. I make my face shine upon you and I am gracious to you. I, the Lord, turn my face towards you and give you peace. I want to ask your heart this question. As he turns his face towards you, and you are the sole focus, how does that make you feel? Maybe you shy away. Maybe there's a little bit of fear that as you draw near to him, things might get exposed. The light that we talked about earlier might expose those areas of darkness. But I want you to know this, child, that his light is one of warmth and comfort as well as the purifying that happens and the heat that it might bring into your life. He doesn't condemn or convict you in fact, in Romans 8, Paul said it this way, that there is no, there, therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
And if you have put your faith in Jesus, there is no condemnation. His light is going to reveal the glory, the honor, the joy that the Lord has with you. And I want you to take that in today. Isaiah 9, verse 3, it says the Lord enlarged the nation, talking about Israel, and increased their joy. And he talked about like a harvester going out and harvesting a bountiful field, like a warrior collecting its plunder and having the splendor of victory in knowing that in Jesus, you have an increased amount of joy over your life. In Proverbs 10, 28, it says that the prospect of the righteous is joy. Mm. Explore his joy in your heart and ask the Lord, is there an image that you want to give that demonstrates and would be an example of joy for my heart to take hold of today. And I just want you to take notice of that. See what comes to mind. Maybe it's a memory of something that you did. notice what emotions come to mind how did you feel go back and relive that emotion and just notice the things that come to mind just try to perceive the Lord's presence in that memory how is he interacting with you and just seeing the joy in his heart and not his face as he sees you engage in this and as you're recalling feeling those emotions staying present with them the lord just singing over you and being gracious playful and just glad to be with you just let that settle in your heart for another minute or so Psalm 89.15 reads this way. Um, Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you and who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. But that word, the light of your presence, can literally be translated in the light of your face. So blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in light of your face. Just see yourself walking every day in this moment in the face and in the light of Jesus. Psalm 21 says, you make him happy with joy with your face. Just seeing the face of Jesus and the joy it brings him of being connected. 
So Father, as we close this little exercise today, I pray that the rest of our time would just be full, our heart open, and that as we walk away from this episode today, that we would be in a, in a better place, more connected with joy, being grateful, being appreciative, and having our relational circuits as we're going to talk about briefly here in the next few moments brought back online. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that little exercise was uh, a good beginning into what we get to talk about today and what we're going to finish up with on Thursday. And uh, that's really uh, how God has wired us. We're going to talk a little bit about brain science today and just what joy does internally within our heart, within our thinking. Uh, I found it very fascinating as I've looked back over my life and looked in the places where I've felt stuck in certain emotions, um, things like um, despair and discouragement, uh, a place where I've lost hope. And even when I've made poor decisions in life and you know, I feel like I'm living in this place where I want to change and I desire to change, but yet I don't know how to do it. And what I've come to find is that the way God has wired our brain and uh, our relational circuitry inside of us, we are able to uh, live in joy much more uh, easily than what we often give ourselves credit for. And I wanted to share a couple things and just begin this episode um, by some of the things that were very intriguing to me. Uh, one of the guys that I like to read is a guy named Jim Wilder and just understanding people's journey and kind of what leads them into doing what they're doing. Uh, I've been very fascinated by this man's life and he's got several books that I've referenced in last season. Um, if you YouTube him, I'm sure you can find it. If you look up on Amazon, he's got a lot of books on uh, brain science and really how our walk with the Lord can be understood and how transformation can be accomplished. And one of the things that I found very fascinating in one of the studies that this man did was his approach to being able to deal with trauma in people's lives. And one of his missions that he said that I found was very intriguing was he wanted to give his life to help serve people so that they could suffer well and endure hardships well. He felt like that was the calling that God had placed over his life. And that really intrigued me because all of us, if we're honest, have been through some pretty tremendous things. And some of us probably a little more horrific than others, but we've all had this sense of trauma, which leads us to a place of feeling alone, disconnected, um, feeling like we're dissociative within ourselves and divided within our heart and within our thinking. And a lot of life is learning how to process and to regulate these emotions that we often get stuck in and to get healed and to be restored. And the whole process of recovering uh, is, is really fascinating to me. But the thing that I found fascinating was how he dealt with trauma early on in his early uh, career, as opposed to what he comes to find out about the power of joy. And a lot of times his beginning in his beginning years, he found that when he was working with patients, he tried to just get right into the resolutions and begin to identify the problems to bring solutions. And what he started to realize is that they had no relational connection or capacity in order to do this work. So a lot of them felt overwhelmed and they would just go back into these types of patterns and behaviors and cycles that they found themselves um, wanting to overcome. And that's the way a lot of trauma or addiction recovery works is that 
a lot of times you begin to identify the problem without really uh, increasing their capacity and understanding the importance of joy. And so what he did was he started to do simple exercises and practices like gratitude and appreciation and learning how to connect our hearts to Jesus that built their joy capacity. Because for some of us, our joy capacity is very low, or we come from families or communities where we really didn't experience joy or know how to express it. And some of us come from very high level joy communities or families, and there's this balance that we have to find and establish in our lives between resting, coming down from joy. First episode, second episode, we talked about Joy Mountain and just going out each day, climbing the mountain, experiencing joy. And then at the end of the day, coming back down to base camp and really beginning to rest and to share our stories. So there's this balance that needs to be happening between this rhythm of joy and quiet that we often find. And the reason I started today with that simple exercise is that in my own life and for a lot of people that I've talked to or worked with is that for so many of us, we have this wired thought about God inside of us, that he's not glad to be with us, that uh, he knows all the things that I've done. And we've got this angry God looking at us, just waiting to kind of crack the whip on us and calling out all of our stuff, all of our mistakes, and really uh, being this harsh father when that's not the image that we see consistently throughout scripture in the way that he deals with us. And so one of the ways that I've seen this in my own life is thinking about times in life where uh, people were glad to be with me. And I felt very fortunate from my very young age um, about just having a community, having a family that was always glad to see me, that celebrated me in my life. And I've shared in previous episodes about the role of my local church. And you had a, a church that had multiple generations of people from old to young to infants to youth. And this really was a place that built into my life that spoke that when I can remember going there on Sunday mornings and I went on Wednesday nights to youth group, I felt this sense that I belonged, that I was seen. And one of the things that was very attractive to me was the, this aspect of the joy of just people being glad to be together, getting together on Sunday nights and having meals together in the basement of the church, walking down on Sunday mornings. And the first thing I can just remember hearing was the laughter and being connected to those things. And, you know, when you're in a place or a family and you really get a sense of this, what you're going to realize is that joy brings an enduring and stable identity. Because for so many of us, we have this desire to be our true selves. And I believe a lot of life is going through trying to find our calling, our voice, our purpose in life, and we really want to have an impact. And for some of us, we've never had models or examples of people in our life who have come alongside of us and really encouraged us and been tender with our weakness and given us the time of day to listen to our hearts and just to be present with us and to know how empowering that was. An example that I see of this in my own life is I can remember and still to this day, 
our youngest is a great example of this is because one of the things that I've noticed about him is that he's always aware in looking at my face and in whatever response it might be to be able to pick out, is he joyful? Is he glad to be with me? And I can tell that if my face isn't expressing it and I'm not uh, giving the nonverbal cues that, you know, regardless, I might be uh, upset or angry at something that he did, but I'm always trying to communicate um, that I'm still glad to be with him. And do I get it right every time? No, I still get overwhelmed in my emotions. And I don't know how to return to this sense of being relationally connected and seeing him uh, sometimes and, and more than not. And so I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to build that capacity in my life. And it's one of those things that uh, I think we're always in this process and we're always evolving in that. So I want to bring this episode to a close um, by just sharing a story of uh, something that I've been reading recently, and it was from Acts 16, and it's the story of Paul and Silas. And this, to me, is a great visual and an example from Scripture of how we can stay connected to joy and the power that joy has when we're able to stay connected. Because if you read Acts 16, uh, I believe it's starting at verse 16, you see that Paul and Silas were partnered together and they were doing ministry and they were proclaiming the good news. And all of a sudden they come up against this woman uh, who was really a counterfeit of the power and the glory and the honor of Jesus. She was doing things. She was said that she practiced divination um, and was a spiritist and did things that were uh, in, in many people's eyes um, wonderful and thing that they couldn't do in their natural strength. And so even the early disciples had to deal with the counterfeit that the enemy often throws out there because people are hungry for power and control. And they come up against this woman and this woman is drawing people to herself and basically trying to make a profit, trying to make money off of it. So the motive and, and these guys basically worked with her taught her this practice, and now they're making money off of it. And so they're beginning to manipulate the people, uh, get a false sense of hope and power and control. And she can't do anything um, when Paul and Silas are around. And finally, Paul and Silas get so annoyed that they drive her out of the community. And the community gets so riled up that Paul and Silas have a greater power and authority and so their plan is to put them in prison. And so they put Paul and Silas in prison. Could you imagine how that would feel? Here you are doing what you feel like God has called you to do, seeing God do incredible things. And in in you drive out this woman who had been distracting to your ministry and drawing people away from Jesus. And now you start up the crowd and you're thrown in prison. What do you think would be some of the emotions that you would begin to feel in that moment? As I thought about it, I thought about anger. I thought about bitterness. I thought about being offended. And so here they are in prison. And I'm sure for many of us, we could sulk and we could get caught in this self-pity party and saying, well, this is unfair. And you could get angry and your heart could close and you could become callous. But yet, Notice Paul and Silas's response was one of joy. It says that they were joyful and that they were singing praises to their God because they considered suffering to be a joy. 
And so here Paul and Silas are singing, and the guard who has been placed in front of them begins to fall asleep. And there's this great rumble, this great shaking that begins to take place. And next thing you know, the doors are broken open, and Paul and Silas have the ability to go free and to run. Now, again, place yourself in their situation. What would you have done? I'm sure there might have been a level of fear. What do we do? Maybe getting vengeance for yourself and taking revenge on the unjust. So many of the pictures that we see in Hollywood or in the movies would be to take action and to take this matter into your own hands maybe kill the guard and to seek the vengeance that you rightfully think that you deserve. But yet the guard awakens and he sees that the doors are open. And so this Roman soldier begins to take the sword and he's about to fall on it to take his own life because he knows that if he these men had run away, that he would be responsible and that he was going to lose his life anyway. So he's filled with this level of fear and he's filled with this level of shame that he has let the, the higher ups down. But Paul and Silas yell out to him, don't go through with it. Don't follow through and take your own life. And he's terrified. He looks at them and he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas lead him to faith in the person of Jesus Christ. And it says that this Roman guard led him back to his home and his rest of his family came to faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Could you imagine the strength that Paul and Silas would have felt? The joy. I often ask this question of how did they stay connected to joy and to peace in that moment? Because I was so amazed that in this story, they don't become bitter or offended. They don't run away trying to gain their freedom but yet they stay present with it and they know that they are connected with the Lord and the Lord has provided this provision, this strength, and they see it now as an opportunity to influence this guard who doesn't know the person of Jesus. And it says that that Roman guard in his household was saved and they came to faith. And now could you imagine the ripple effect that this has simply because they stayed focused on the joy that they had felt of being with Jesus. And there are so many other examples, but I think this is a great example in kind of a segue into where we're going to go on Thursday. We're going to look at some of the benefits and the way that God has wired our brain from a physical sense and kind of wired us in with a circuitry to stay relational. And we're going to talk about kind of what it looks like, what it feels like, to stay in relational mode or to go into what I've heard termed as enemy mode, where our relational circuits are off and we begin to shut down and we begin to live in this state of being overwhelmed. And so I hope you'll join me next uh, th on Thursday here and we're going to dive into just some incredible things. But I hope this has blessed you and I hope you took some time at the beginning. And I would just encourage you as we close here, maybe to take a moment to just take another deep breath. Breathe out. One more deep breath in. Breathe out. It just gives you the ability to let your heart settle because you can listen to this and just move on 
and go about your day. But transformation begins to happen when we can fight for that space and contend for it. And I would encourage you, I'm going to remind you again that I've placed a song uh, in the description of each of these episodes that you can go and you can listen to. And uh, the song that I chose for today is by a, a guy named Matthew West. And the song is called you, um, you on my mind, I believe, um, or me with me on your mind. But it talks about how Jesus uh, had you and I on his mind when he was enduring the cross. And I'm going to begin next episode with Hebrews 12, as it's a fascinating passage. But just knowing today that you can be with Jesus and that he is so glad to be with you. And I hope that through this season that you'll begin to feel that because when we feel that and we understand that the deepest part of who we are and our, our true identity begins to emerge to the surface when we're at this place of knowing that Jesus is glad to be with us and that others are glad to be with us in this very moment. So be encouraged today. Join me back here on Thursday and we'll take a look at some incredible things that I believe will encourage your heart. So until then, God bless and may you connect with God's strength today because you are incredibly strong when you are living in the presence of Jesus. And then you if you feel weak today, I would just invite you to surrender and submit the fears and anxieties, the stresses that you might feel in your heart and in your thinking and just lay them down at Jesus' feet and to spend time with him, listening for his heart, listening for his voice because it will comfort you and it will bring a level of peace and it will bring you back into this mode of being connected and understood and seen by a true and loving God. God bless today.